What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode number 260 of a podcast that you all probably thought was defunct. I am Josh Cannon, and uh, I'm here with my co-host, Mike. Mike, what, 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 what's the deal, man? Where, where have we been? Uh, we've been trapped in a bunker somewhere. Uh, we just got out, so... You seem pretty, that, like, that's... casual about it, like it's <laughs> not that big of a deal. Well, it's just, it's because that's not really what happened. Oh, oh um, okay. <laughs> wow, you had me going there for a second. I, I highly doubt it. Um, anyone that's followed our podcast who's a fan of ours, you know, who, uh, you know, is a member of the group, they know exactly why we have not been able to do a podcast for so long. Just, uh... A long string of uh, health issues on my end. Nothing super serious, but enough to uh, make it so it's uh, inconvenient. And in one particular case, I was incapable of doing the podcast. Uh, and of course, you know, just our schedules and everything. Uh, the reason why I was incapable of doing the podcast uh, like a week ago is uh, I had an ear infection and my doctor basically was telling me no headphones no anything don't put anything in your ear for a week and so here we are uh, i am pretty much over the ear infection now there's some lingering few things so yeah uh mike's be- mike's health has not been great for me um my i you know i work as a karaoke dj because right when you thought i couldn't get any cooler here i am um <laughs> yeah, I I literally it's gotten to the point to where I have like two days off now, and normally that's not. I, I've 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 always you know done karaoke while I've done this podcast and I've made it work, but it just seems like recently, like in the last year, especially like our schedules are just not really yeah. lining up great at all. Like we have working two jobs on my end, uh, but you know it, it, we'll we'll have more availability uh within the next you know uh, month or so like it, it consistently at least on my end so how was christmas mike did you have a good christmas uh christmas was uh easily one of the most dull normal forgettable christmases i've ever had in my life to date and really a lot of reasons for that is uh things that were out of uh, my control my parents got sick with with something, not the same thing that I had because they had di- different symptoms. And because my grandmother, you know, she's up there in age, she's already had these health issues that have been pretty uh, problematic to say the least. Um, we weren't going to go over there, you know, for Christmas, you know, and risk getting her sick. So we didn't have our traditional uh go over to grandmother's house for christmas we just it was just a normal day like for the first year uh in my life christmas was just just a normal day but it's been kind of trending that way anyway for me the past like few days i mean a few few a uh, few years um because it's one of those things where when you get older like you're not a kid anymore like Christmas isn't really like as big of a deal uh for for you and for other you know members in your family cuz they're not making this big deal, you know, to make it a big, you know, Christmas. That's thing. where the kids kind of like come in and 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 keep it yeah. keep it going and since you and I don't yeah. have kids, it's like exactly. Christmas is like 
And for me, it's been oh, it's been fucked ever since my dad died uh, a, yeah. like a couple of years ago because yeah. now my family chooses to celebrate Christmas on Christmas Eve. So I go over there mm-hmm. on Christmas Eve during like five or six in the uh, afternoon. I just had no power for most of the day on Christmas Eve. That that's that's what I dealt with. No power. Power went out. Just played. Yahtzee and Uno with my parents to pass the time until the power went back up. And then what's even... That's cool, Mike. I wasn't right in the middle of telling them the story of my Christmas Eve. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. Hey, hey, it's it's the usual, like, thing. Yeah, you're a little rusty top having someone else... rusty. Having someone else that's uh, chiming in here, but... uh, Yeah, you could could just cut that out. Go ahead and just... No, I'm going to leave it there for everyone to to see your hidden shame. Um... (laughs) No, but anyway, like, yeah, it's like my family's done this thing where it's like they do Christmas on Christmas Eve. So, December 24th, I'm going over to my brother's house. We exchange presents, which is fine. It's cool. It's fun. You know, we had Chinese food and all that. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was fine. And, um, got a bunch of fucking yard equipment that I've been wanting, like a hedge clipper, electric, dude, electric. Right. Anyone out there who has hedges and th- that they clip, Get stop wasting your time with those manual shears and get an electric hedge clipper. Those things are the shit. It's so satisfying just buzzing the tops off of my wily bushes and making them all look uniform and square. Like that's so fucking satisfying. It was like a new mm-hmm. thing that I found that I liked, and I don't know, got all that stuff. And then on actual Christmas, Stephanie Singer of my band um, came over. And we always kind of go big uh, on Christmas for each other as far as the gifts are concerned. I don't know why. It just, it just, that became a tradition. So, um, I got her, um, some art supplies that were kind of pricey and like this big ass shop vac because she said she wanted one for her car. And I was like, all okay. right. And then she got me, um, fucking, uh, an unsolved mystery shirt actually from their shop, the long sleeved one uh-huh. with the, with the uh, alien yeah. in the cornfield yeah, or whatever. Cool. Um, it's fucking awesome. I, that's like one of my new favorite shirts. Like I love that thing. I was wearing it last night and I was like, Oh, this is super cool. Um, so she got me that. And then she got me a teleprompter for, uh, my camera. So when I do my YouTube videos, I can, um, write out a whole ass long script and not have to worry about memorizing it. The only problem is you need a, a tablet to use with the teleprompter and my iPad that I got for Christmas, like years ago, like six or seven years ago. It's it's like, dude. Apple's planned obsolescence is yep. like so apparent in yep. that thing. Yeah, it. I uh-huh. I took perfect care of it. I always kept it charged. There should be it's no, six years old. They should be no problems <laughs> with it. And that thing runs like shit. It's slow. Yep. None of the apps work on there. It won't even. I it won't even let me install Spotify. It said this this yeah. a- iPad does not support this application. It's like it's yep. Spotify. That's this, this the lightest. One of the lightest apps out there. It just plays music. Like, what the fuck? I'm not trying to install Photoshop on there or anything. Josh and Mike got stuff to say, and we're going to be talking <laughs> about uh, some more new unsolved mysteries because uh, we, we've we chained ourselves to this, this um, I wouldn't call it a rocket. I'd call it more of like a, an anchor. <laughs> we've changed our, yeah. we chained ourselves to this anchor. We, we've chained ourselves to the magic rock. Yeah, the Unsolved Mysteries <laughs> magic rock that has been thrown into the uh, Atlantic Ocean or Pacific Ocean where Mike's from. <laughs> but yeah, so we're, but, but graciously, and this was Mike's idea, graciously we're knocking two out in one episode so we, we can, you know, 
ball through these because I've I've been rewatching the old show again because I just I've run mm-hmm. out of shit to watch yet again and yeah it's <laughs> crazy how fast I can consume content but uh, I got a whole I got a whole list of uh, old episodes that we haven't covered that are good oh good good yeah I mean if you could just actually go back and watch like the set the the show with in keeping in mind to anything that looks interesting write it down yeah you know then yeah i I will i'll definitely start doing that again yeah you can actually pull a lot of stuff up that like oh yeah i've seen this segment a million times but i never thought oh yeah you know so like i got like um i think we talked about some of these already um neil got probably drug dealer kurt borton the missing pow Mm -hmm. kathy bonderson burned car john moody restaurant sabotage that that was a good one yeah Wait, we talked about those. Uh, yeah. Roberto Ramirez, he sold his <laughs> he's, his kids sold his drugs for him. Uh, the uh, father of Jeannie Wagner, uh, Kay Hall, was she ran, run over by her All husband? Right. Spontaneous okay. combustion, Tupac, the murderous yeah. nanny. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So yeah, this this time around though, we're talking about episode or yeah episodes uh, three and four of volume three of the new unsolved mysteries mm-hmm. on Netflix, which. Uh, if, if you want to know our opinion summed up in like, like one or two sentences, it's literally, uh, taking 15 minute segments and turning them into 45 minute segments Yep, with 30 minutes of sometimes it's not even a 15 minute segment. It's like a more like an eight to 10 minute segment that they're stretching out. Yes. And that, and that is the biggest, that's, that's the biggest underlying problem. The second problem is that. There's no host of any kind. It's all just the the, the football keeps getting thrown from one person yeah. to another to kind of advance the uh, story and like what happens next. And um, yeah, you know, the it's mood just, and the atmosphere is also just very generic, very stock. Like it, yeah, very looks, stock. Looks like they rented you know some high def cameras and just you know did did a little bit of uh, lighting here and there and just. You know, oh, here it is. It looks like every it's hey, it's an HD. It looks good, but but hey, you can watch it in 4K, <laughs> right? But you know, like a like a highly polished pop song that costs you know a million dollars to record in the studio, uh, and then you got uh, you know some of Bob Dylan's early work, which sounds like shit, but like is infinitely better uh, as far as like the content mm-hmm. of of what he's talking about even though the pop song might sound shinier um there's no substance there and that's kind of not saying these people's cases aren't important but i'm just saying from an aesthetic uh level of unsolved mysteries and the the bar that they set previously um it's just this new series is just vacant of all of that like magic that came together I mean, we've even we've said this numerous times before. Like, you could call it anything. You yeah, you and, could th- sh- slap any title on top of this show, and 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 it would it would be like, yeah, all right, that's fine. I mean, there's nothing aside from the uh, the flash of stacks, uh, you know, uh, phantom image at the beginning, and um, the that you know that that yeah. sound they use the unsolved mystery sound besides yeah. those two things like uh yeah i mean you could it's it's literally any other true crime show and it's not you know not very it's good not i mean a, it's not even like a consistently good or great true crime show either like it's very average or below average most of the time and i think they're hindered too by the fact that like 
because it is easier, I feel, to get your show on to Netflix than it would be like a major um, like network or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. They're having to compete with all these great um, true crime uh, like biographies or documentaries that are yep. only like you know maybe one one it's like one documentary self-contained so it's like a, an hour 45 but it's like chock full of like great stuff or they'll have these mini series that'll only last for four episodes and they're really great because you know they've they've just taken all this time to build this one great product put it out there and then be done you know like well also it's the fact that a lot of those cases you know there are some instances where this is not the case but a lot of these cases they have enough content they have enough uh uh juicy details or uh, moments of intrigue to actually be worthy of being four parts yeah like you for know, that instance kind of uh I, I saw the thumbnail right next to unsolved mysteries before i watched the episodes today and i wanted to re-watch the other one that was next to it it was that documentary like in in plain sight or something like that where the yeah. uh, family friend uh abducts the daughter the young girl yeah. and tells her yeah. that you know a- aliens are are listening or coming for them and if she tells you're it, the chosen one yeah you're yeah. The cho- yeah yeah all that shit and it's like that that uh-huh. that was fodder for a good ass you know true crime documentary you know um that was uh just, just shit like mm-hmm. that they got to compete with that nowadays now back in the day it was like you had like three choices you know it was like well i can watch dateline i can watch you know i don't know fucking 60 minutes 60 minutes <laughs> i can watch uh you know unsolved mysteries or like america's most wanted you know and yeah. now, now with streaming it's like there's a billion shows about true crime and they're all shot well and they all, you know. I would say what the shows that really started that were like Forensic Files, you know. <laughs> first 48, it, Forensic Files. First 48. Then, then, when, then when Investigation Discovery came out, forget about it. Like the floodgates opened mm-hmm. with all those. And, and a lot of those shows were good, honestly. I, I, I think uh, they did start getting really clony. Like they started looking very mm-hmm. samey. They just they just called a different name, but they'd even like feature like the same uh, profile would be it'd yeah. be on a different show, but and it'd be filmed differently. But it was talking about the same thing. And it's like yeah, yeah. shit started to uh, like run together. That's um, what happens with anything, like you know, if, uh, overexposure. Um, but so, yeah, uh, we are talking about the new Unsolved Mysteries, and we are going to talk about cases from this show. And uh, the case that's featured in episode three is of Tammy Williams. She was the perpetrator, or su- supposed most likely perpetrator, mm-hmm. of a moida. Uh, so, who is Tammy Williams? She is uh, a 43-year-old lead suspect in the murder of David Carter and is currently wanted by U.S. Marshals. On October 2008, in October 2018, the dismembered body of Carter was found in multiple bags along the I-75 highway in Ohio. He had died from a single gunshot wound to the head. That was pretty brutal how they opened it up. Yes. Um, kind of the reenactment of, uh, you know, mm-hmm. sh- having the actual, like, bags, uh, like the du- duffel bag or backpack or whatever. And I actually yeah. was going to watch this episode a, cu- a couple of weeks ago, but I was sitting down to eat. And, like, right when they 
started off the episode like showing like a fucking duffel bag that a head in it. I'm like, okay, I'm not, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not yeah. gonna watch this episode while yeah. I'm eating. So they did a good job in in showing kind of the gruesomeness yeah. of that. I I'm, would say that that is probably the most interesting, you know, uh, or maybe the most standout moment in in the episode. As, as far the as as far that. as the reenactments are concerned, yeah, exactly. Um, it it plays out very typical to a lot of these new unsolved mysteries, where you have like the interviews, you know, with the family members and with some members of the police. Which is similar to exactly uh, the structure of the original Unsolved Mysteries. But it's just done in such a just white bread, just, you know, kind of just milk toast fashion that it just doesn't really have the same impact. Yeah. And it, it, it starts to get old, like about like 20 minutes in, where you just don't feel like there's a lot there. In well, terms they, of the case, they kind of spend a long ass time, like like on on like uh, explaining, just like expedition, yes. explaining, like giving all this back, and which I guess is necessary. Exposition, yeah, exposition, yeah, not expedition. Yeah, my my brain has just been discarding words lately, like probably from my uh, alcohol use or whatever. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, it's just it, it's just <laughs> literally taking you words think, that Josh? I used to know, and it's just toss. I mean, I'm, I'm not drunk now. I mean, like I, I know later on I will. Be I there. know. But yeah, it's just taking words that I used to know, and it's like, eh, we don't need that. Eh, we don't need that. I mean, I've, there was like three instances that just on this episode alone where I like I was reaching for a word that I couldn't remember. It's mm-hmm. fucking sad. Anyway, we're not gonna get into that. Um, <laughs> like, so then later in this episode, they they show um, like David Carter's father, um, mm-hmm. and this was a stylistic choice that I just. I don't I didn't like it. Uh, his dad was standing like on stage in this like theater where they had his son's funeral. And mm-hmm. so I understand that part why that would be significant. But the the dude's like standing there with like the the spotlight the like the stage lights on him, like the spotlight or whatever, and like it looks like he's like like almost instructing an acting class or something to an empty classroom it was like the weirdest it was the weirdest set anytime they cut to him i'm just like this is like the most inappropriate like scene to shoot like for like what you're talking about it almost looks like i feel like for a lot of these like uh, erectile dysfunction commercials they always have the actor standing (laughs) on stage you know like or or, like antidepressant they're always on stage with the little black beret you know like or or is he gonna do a ted talk yeah like like, for him that you know it was just it, it was not like congruent to what was being talked about and that was that was just a, a detail that kind of bugged me i don't know if it bugged anyone else but it was just like yeah i didn't it didn't really I, that one didn't really um register that strongly for me um it did a lot of stuff though where it's telling you about david and you know his life and you know what he did in you know um what was it Oh, was it his son? Like they talked about his son and like his football game that he did, like after or his his dad was dead or something. Yeah. Like they did a lot of this stuff where it's like, what is this? I I understand you're trying to paint a picture, but like, what does this have to do with the case? Right. Well, it's filler, is what it is. I mean, <laughs> exactly. So, uh, Tammy Williams was uh, David Carter's ex girlfriend and had dated him for six months. Before he was reported missing on October 2nd. Uh, at 
the time their um at the time of their romance, she worked at a medical center and also as a travel agent. As heard in Netflix Unsolved Mysteries, I'm reading this from Newsweek, by the way. Give credit where credit's due. Um, Williams and Carter were last spotted together at a football game September 28th, 2018. Two days later, on Sunday, September 30th, Carter's son DJ was supposed to stay with his father. But both he and his mother, Sammy O'Connor, received a text sent from Carter's phone that he was too ill to spend time with DJ. That day, that day, GJ visited his father's house to pick up some new belongings when Williams was taking out the trash. Uh, DJ recalls that Williams' strange behavior, uh, Williams' strange behavior when she saw him that day, he recalled, she ran to the apartment door like ran, and when I got to my dad's house, the door was locked. You'd have thought since she saw me, she'd have left it unlocked, but I had a key. Um, DJ added that Williams told him Carter had gone for a walk. <laughs> yeah, a lot of this sounds very, very suspicious, you know, from when it comes to, like, what Williams is saying. Like, there's even, like, a, a thought that comes to mind that the text message sent from Carter's phone wasn't even sent from from Carter himself. Well, like, yeah. It could have been Williams who sent that message. Well, I mean, it they, seems to be they kind s- of... Uh, obvious that that probably is the case they say later in the episode that like it didn't it didn't like it it wasn't worded in the way that carter Mm -hmm. would have worded it or whatever so and then too it's like you know he's telling texting people saying oh i'm too sick for you to come over and then the son comes over and then the girlfriend says oh yeah he went out for a walk but it's like i thought i thought you were really sick though to to the point to where i can't come over yet you can go on a walk yeah. So she's a bad liar. Yeah. She's bad at coming up with cover stories. But she's uh, just a bad person. Yeah, period. she's a bad person in general. <laughs> the following day, which is Monday, October first, a moving crew with the Ohio Department of Transportation discovered a bag containing the dismembered lower torso. Ugh. Got <laughs> collective ugh. Uh, lower torso of an adult male over sixteen a days. Moving crew. So with the Ohio Department of Transportation. So I guess it's the people who go and pick stuff up off the highway. No, you know, I bet they are. I bet they're the ones who uh, who hand uh, install those little reflectors on the side of the road. The little yellow ones. I've Uh actually seen uh, a road crew do that. Not only that, but like paint the um, the, Mm -hmm. the kind of the traffic lines on the road. Um, They do it late at night. And uh, it was like super interesting because there's like a. There's like a fire curing process that goes into it to like really like yeah. make sure it's solid and it can't be chipped off easily. It was interesting. But that's besides the point. Um, it, it does make me wonder because when you, you see a lot of stuff on the road, you know, on the side of the road, a lot of vehicles and stuff like that. So my guess is that a, a crews like this are probably responsible for moving that stuff off off the road and. You know, when it comes to odds, uh, the odds are that if you're doing that, like eventually you're going to you're going to find something like that as as uh, messed up as that is. But uh, yeah, I can't even imagine being, you know, in that situation, you know, working that job and then just finding that. Like I I, I would I would I would I would I would ask for the rest of the day off. (laughs) <laughs> well they I'm i think they I, i'm pretty sure they said they didn't open it because they it would seem so suspicious that yeah. you know that it might like ha- be it, something illicit in there they just like called the police yeah but they but it's still one of those things where it probably had blood already on it 
if you think about it. So it's probably one of those things where it was probably pretty pretty obvious off the bat, like what what was in there. Now I'm in my mind thinking like, geez, I ten runs from Jacksonville, Florida, all the way to L.A. And I'm thinking mm-hmm. like, who the fuck got the job of like putting the little reflectors on the side of the road like yeah. all the way? <laughs> Is it one crew or do they trade off like front like when they get to Texas, the Texas people take over and when they get to wherever the other people take over? Is that, it, that's where Josh's mind is. Dismembered body uh, in a bag. It's like who, a, a who put those those things crew. there? Because in my in my who country, put those things there. The reflectors <laughs> on the road. That's so it's, I feel like I'm Christopher walking right now. It's such a long road, you know, um. Because in my in my country, if I owned a country and it had a highway that long, there would be reflectors and shit for like the first like ten miles, and then there'd be no markings on the road whatsoever. It'd just be just asphalt, like no indicator yeah. of anything. Like it's yeah. like okay, ran out of uh, fucks to give, so there you go. Anyway, <laughs> road crew finds shit. Um, that's how jaded Josh is with all these true crime uh, uh, shows that he's seen. Oh no, I, I was ta- t- talking to Mike earlier, and um, he's like, uh, I was telling him that I have to. I watched episode three. I need to watch episode four. And he's like, uh, he's like, I like episode four. Episode three, three is boring. And I was like, I was like, that's how hardened we've become. Yeah. Guys dismembered, yeah. found in like four different duffel bags. Ah, that's boring. You know. <laughs> So uh, on Tuesday, October 2nd, the Carter family received a call from Carter's friend and co-worker Roger Davis, who told them that Carter had been absent from work for the past three days. After failing to reach Carter, his family rushed to his apartment in Melvindale, Michigan, where they found it unlocked with Williams inside. Upon entering Carter's bedroom, they saw a bloodstained mattress and evidence of bullet holes on the door closet. So this fucking woman, she was inside and she hadn't done anything with the mattress. She probably I mean, wasn't. Just, she probably wasn't expecting them to just show up. I, I mean, even if you're not expecting people to show up, like, seems like that would be if, a priority. Yes, don't you think? Like, <laughs> I mean, obviously, getting rid of the dismembered body parts was priority number one. But then, yes, priority no- number two is destroy the fucking evidence. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you got the bloodstained mattress and the bullet holes. Like, as soon as somebody sees that. And, and especially if you're still there, they're just gonna be like, "Come on, we know who did it." Like, I mean, I feel she's so stupid. Did it. She's so stupid <laughs> though that like if they walked in there and there was no mattress and no Carter, uh, her fam and you know her family's gonna be like, "Yo, what's up with the no mattress?" I feel like she'd be like, "Uh, he wanted to sleep outside." Like she's <laughs> yeah, like yeah. She, uh, yeah, she's not the brightest ball. He, he wanted to go camping and yeah. wanted to get an authentic outdoor experience. But, but he wanted to do it in comfort, you know, so he brought the mattress. You got to have the and the mattress from home, you know, feels like home. Um, on Tuesday, October 2nd, Carter David Carter was officially declared a missing person. Less than 24 hours later, on Wednesday, October 3rd, Carter's disappearance became a homicide investigation after his body was officially identified. Um, meaning they found the bag with the head in it. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, it was in yeah. a separate bag than his other body parts. Imagine being uh, the family member having to go to the... Uh, oh, Jesus, yeah. Know, the, oh, my God. The morgue. Oh. oh, my God. Yeah, you'd, you'd, have to, you'd have to identify the fucking head. Yeah. I'd be like, can you at least... Can you put it on one of the other cadaver bodies and, like, 
just like match it up and just t- temporarily. I don't know. Maybe they might have put him together. That's yeah, maybe to for the funeral. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's that's uh, see that's something that now I mean that would have been very uh, macabre for them to discuss that, but that would have been yeah. I would have just definitely. had a fascination. You know how would they have gone about doing that? You know. Yeah. Um. So, Williams was arrested by Michigan police on Friday, October 5th, as a prime suspect in Carter's death, but was released from custody three days later on Monday, October 8th. I don't understand. why. I guess they don't have enough, like, concrete evidence to, you know, have her uh, be arrested, you know, for charges of murder or, you know, attempted, you know, or suspicion or whatever. I mean, three days. Yeah, there was not enough evidence, apparently, according to... According to the uh, Michigan PD or whatever the fuck. I don't know. I mean, the fact that she was in the in the same house that Carter was supposedly in, and there was a bloody mattress and bullet holes. I I, I mean, I... you gotta you gotta <laughs> find the gun. You gotta find the the knife. You got you gotta tie her to that in some way. I know. I guess there's one. Of, I guess there could be that argument that she, you know, someone else did it. But you know, I. It doesn't seem like there is a lot of people that are connected with this case that could have done it other than her. But, you know, it's just it's just the nature of, of the way the law works. And in some instances like this, it, it backfires because, oh, we can't charge them, can't do this and that. So now they're like, oh, all right, I'm just going to flee. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to go on the run. Bye. Which is what she did. Yep. Following her initial release from police custody, Williams fled the state of Michigan, avoiding any impending criminal charges as Carter's uh, remains uh, continued to be identified. So maybe they didn't have the head at that point. Yeah, maybe. Because they found parts of him, which obviously he's dead, if you find the torso. If you find a leg, that may not necessarily mean they're dead. There's a good chance of it, but if you find a lower torso, yeah, you can't really live without that. Um, on Tuesday, October 16th, the final bag containing Carter's room. Okay, yeah, so that's when they find the head as October 16th. Mm-hmm. Um, so where is... Even they could identify the body with DNA, so it, it, it doesn't really... Well, you, you I don't think... You think... need the head. I don't know, maybe the bullet... I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of dumb that they weren't able to somehow... I mean, like I said, man, and... and these the, the police treat people differently depending on the the just depending on how they feel on, on at that particular time apparently because like sometimes they just go above and beyond and then other times they're just like uh we don't really have enough evidence we'll just let you go you know and it's just like what yeah that's what i was saying because we've seen some cases on unsolved mysteries where people are like held for way longer than three days and then you have those final appeal cases on unsolved mysteries yeah. which we don't talk about enough where like i mean it's it's there's definitely like uh, the benefit of the doubt that like they didn't do it and Unsolved Mysteries is presenting like really good evidence that they were most likely innocent and they're still behind bars. Um, yeah. Reasonable doubt, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. Um, Beyond a reasonable doubt, yeah. Yeah, so according to... Um, wait, no. Um, the whereabouts of Tammy Williams remain unknown to this day. Shortly after her release from custody... 
Yeah, she fled. According to Andrew Battersby of the U.S. Marshals Task Force, Williams was spotted in Ann Arbor, Michigan on October 16th, 2018. She was known to withdraw cash from an ATM and had a dinner at a restaurant. She is I mean, just how brazen, just totally brazen. Just like, eh, you know, I just go to the ATM and go have dinner at this restaurant. Whatever. I don't know how you have any kind of an appetite after <laughs> just, I mean, well, she probably didn't get state. She probably didn't get the steak, I would hope. You know, cause that's, oh, she probably did and probably loved it. You know, that's what a lot of people, you know, who do these kind of heinous things, they tend to just, it doesn't really register the same way with them mentally or morally as it might to other people. They're just like, eh, whatever, you know. Yeah. They probably, she probably justified what she did in her head. She should uh she should drop a she should become a rapper and drop a drop an album because you know she's got street cred now. I actually thought about this while I was watching the show. I was like, you know, like ICP's like horror rap. You know, they talk about like mm-hmm. mangling bodies and zombies and shit, and, and it's like horror core or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's never been like a, a, a like a black female rapper who has done the horror angle. And I was like, that might be interesting. Like I literally thought about that during this. Uh, did you do extra research to even see if you could find no, anyone? I didn't like, do. I didn't, I didn't do research, but I'm pretty sure because there yeah. are some like uh, fucking what's his name, the guy with the white contacts, uh, uh, dude. I can't remember fucking anything anymore. Anyway, he's he's a, a rapper and he does like the horror angle, um, mm-hmm. black guy or whatever. But there there hasn't been a black woman to do that. That would be interesting. It's, it's an yeah. untapped market, I tell you. Um, I'm not trying to make a <laughs> light of this by any means but it was it was just a thought that popped in my head but anyway um blah 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 she is believed to have taken a train to chicago and another to penn station new york city um there's uh evidence she checked into the neptune hotel using her own name <laughs> she used her own name staying too, for like, one night williams was spotted leaving the hotel damn. on october 18th and hasn't been seen since it's like how has she not been caught already like she's using her own name to check into a hotel She's got this She's big going ass tattoo of roses on her bicep. Yeah. On September 2021, in September 2021, according to uh, Fox 2 Detroit, um, OCP Communications, put your hands up. <laughs> um, police believed Williams' family had helped her go on the run, providing her with money. Her mother was charged after she allegedly embezzled more than $200,000 while she was the treasurer of the Detroit Firefighters Association. So her mother's a piece of shit, too. Ah, the shit doesn't roll fall fall. Wow, the shit doesn't roll far from the hill. And even after I... Even after I fixed (laughs) my sentence, the statement still didn't make fucking sense. (laughs) Um, but yeah, two hundred thousand dollars from the Detroit firefighters. You stole from the fucking firefighters. Does that mean like if something happens to her house and there's like a fire, are the firefighters just going to be like, nope? Am I fuck that bitch? <laughs> that was our chili cook-off money. Uh, let 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 that shit burn. <laughs> we, we're not saving you. Battersby said, quote, somebody is helping her financially and also providing her with a roof, a place to stay. She just did not disappear. The weapon that was used has not been recovered, so she's probably armed and dangerous. Um, she could have she could have short braids. She could be wearing wigs. The one 
thing that's common on her, though, she's a huge rose tattoo on her left shoulder that goes from the elbow all the way up to the shoulder. That rose bouquet is going to stand out. Um, and then they were saying in the show, well, she could she could have gotten it covered up, and they're kind of saying that the person who covered it up would, you know, no, knowingly be covering up the tattoo of a uh, or markings yeah. of them. But it's like, eh, not all tattoo artists are going to. Yeah, know there about are certain tattoo tattoo artists that don't really care. Well, and, they they d- d- may not be true crime fanatics. Who exactly. know this exact case. So, and I, there are some that legitimately do not give a shit. They're yeah, like, I mean, they'd okay. be the same ones that tattoo swastikas and fucking. Like, All right, give how much money are you paying me? I, I don't care. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's Tammy Williams. Hopefully, they catch her ass, throw her in jail. Yeah, and I mean, like the uh, coroner lady or whoever they had on there who was kind of like going into the detail like she was creepy man like anytime she would talk she would she'd just it's like oh, okay you want me to this is like a, a murder like scary show okay I'll, I'll, put, I'll get my scary voice on because anytime they were interview her she's like yeah and you know she had to cut the body up for convenience because he was a <laughs> yeah. hundred hundred and ninety pound man and he was on the second story and uh-huh. uh, the kind of knife that she used would just be a normal kitchen knife, and that would have been a very slow process. And I was just like, okay, lady, like, like, what are you doing? Trying to, like, fucking give me nightmares? <laughs> well, you know, maybe that's just how she speaks. Some people speak like that. That's just their cadence. What I'm thinking is, like, if you're, like, squeamish about hearing about this kind of shit, then uh, fast forward. Like... <clears throat> If you if you have like a, a kitchen knife and I, I'd, I'd have to imagine it was serrated. That's the only reason. That's oh, the only yeah. way. That's the only way you're cutting through bone is with. A you're not sw- using a. You're not using a butter knife. <laughs> no, even a cleaver like wouldn't really. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it was heavy enough, you could cleave through it. But I mean, who has a fucking butcher's cleaver in their kitchen? Um, I mean, some I people know. probably do, but whatever. <laughs> this guy, I don't feel like did. Um, but yeah, everyone's got a, serr- a serrated knife of some kind. Um. And yeah, I mean, just the blood, mm-hmm. like it would be everywhere. Like yep. it, it, he, this dude was like six foot four. That's a lot of person. Like there would be so much fucking blood. And they, it's like, where, uh, did, maybe she did it in the bathtub. I don't know where, like, where would you even, cause like, yes, there was some bloody sheets, but I mean, it, the, Wherever she did it, it would have to have been the bathtub because wherever she did it, there would there would have been blood. She could have done it outside. How's she gonna get the body outside? It's on the, they're on the second story. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's it could be one of those things though where she could have like snuck the body out like at a certain point and then you know what she do throw it down the, it outside throw it down the stairs. <laughs> I don't know without anyone. No, she didn't do it outside. There's no way she could have done it no. outside. But I'm just yeah, like, I'm just, what, like, but they never really went into detail about like where could she have done it and hid all that evidence of like the blood. I mean, yes, well, there I was mean, there was some blood. It's a second story like apartment. Is that what it is? Like, yeah, it, I mean, like that. it could have late at night. I don't know. Like, made it look like it's just trash, and then went somewhere, dr- drove somewhere, and did it, and you know, out there. The, like it, we've seen that's happened. Before. No, the issue is, is she's a woman, and this dude's 190 pounds, six foot four. She can't. She yeah. cannot physically move yeah. him on her own. Yeah, right. Unless she got some help. I. I mean, yeah, maybe, but like, 
there's talk about you know her family might is helping her so maybe some of her family members helped her with that her mom her her elderly mom went over there and helped her cut up well i mean i don't know if it's just you know it it could be you know she has other family members or other friends and i think i think the blood that was on the sheets that was from the gunshot wound it wasn't from the exactly So maybe the cutting up was done somewhere else i don't fucking know they don't really go into that that bit of it but um uh, yeah, I'm I mean, that's my that's my theory, because they didn't find, you know, enough blood, <clears throat> so they probably did it somewhere else. I mean, I could I could see her conceivably dragging him into a bathtub, because you can drag, you know, people mm-hmm. fairly easy, but... But you would still find, like, they would probably use luminol and other things, so they probably would, you would still find traces of that. Yeah, I, don't know, I wish they had done a better job explaining exactly, like, where... She, how, how, how they didn't find... Like mm-hmm. just blood everywhere. Anyway, I'm gonna drop yeah. drop that point because I don't really care enough to keep talking about it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that was that case. I mean, it was it was uh, obviously very tragic and shitty, and that yes, lady's a piece of definitely. shit. But um, that easily could have been a 15 minute segment. Yeah, like there was no reason it had to be as long as it was. There was a lot of filler, and, and that's that, why we and had to that we had to use a lot of filler ourselves. <laughs> for- yeah, the, For, the uh, pontificating the about uh, how the body was cut up and how it uh, got it got outside. If it got we're outside. talking about road reflectors. <laughs> oh yes, that was a, a lot of filler when we were ta- for sure, for sure. That was definitely filler used in this podcast. Um, but it was something that I was truly thinking about in that moment. So at least it was honest filler. <laughs> it wasn't contrived filler like yeah. uh, Unsolved Mysteries does, mm-hmm. and that, and therein lies like the main problem with the n- the new show in general is just just the, all the filler and the filler and also a lot of the like leaving out of details and like in some episodes like the last one we talked about just like really crucial like you know details that could really paint the story in a different way. What the UFO and. Not, yeah, that they're not that one. I meant the oh the, the oh, last this. like actual case. You know when the when the girl went missing and the suicide. You oh know, on the right. train tracks. Oh yeah, they left out a lot of stuff. Yeah, they did. And, they yeah that part about like her and her mom arguing on the cell phone mm-hmm. or whatever, and they just d- didn't even mention anything about that. Yeah, someone on our Twitter like got on my ass um, for. Remember uh, when when they showed in that episode how she how her body looked when the outside camera got like that shot yeah. of her and how she looked like yeah. Bigfoot like because she had such a weird gait like she was in mid mid yeah gait. I had a feeling someone was gonna get on you for that gonna gonna nail I was you just for saying that. that the gait it was it was like one of those similar kind of like cryptid pictures yeah. where it's like this weird thing that uh-huh. shouldn't be you know uh, this thing of the night I wasn't making yeah. fun of her as a person I was just saying in that one particular picture and this lady was just like going off on us talking about like I can't believe you made fun of that girl and yada 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 I was like I wasn't making fun of her I was making fun of that that fucking picture and and saying how it it like it was just ironic to me how it it just happened to look like the it was like like all those cryptid pictures you see where they're in some weird mid mid walk pose yeah. or something. It, it just yeah. looked like something like that, and 
Yeah, totally. Like we have some listeners where our humor just completely goes over their head or, <laughs> you know, it's like welcome to the Internet. You know, someone's always going to misinterpret. I mean, like 99 percent of p- people will get what you're trying to say. And then there'll be that one person that's like, hey, you're an asshole. I mean, that's how <laughs> back when I did stand up, you'd run into that, too. Like you'd be on stage and you'd be you know you'd say a joke and everyone would laugh and then one person would heckle you because they got offended by it and it's just like okay clearly mm-hmm. everyone else understood this is a joke and you're just a, a dumbass. so <laughs> you know go in the bathroom and heckle yourself uh but anyway uh next up uh we have uh another case as promised uh and this one actually this is like one of the few new unsolved mysteries cases and episodes that I liked. Like I wouldn't say I loved it. It's not on par with classic unsolved mysteries, but I would almost put it on par with like some of the episodes of like the later seasons on unsolved mysteries. So it's kind of, you know, in the same vein as that. I wouldn't me. even do that. Cause I mean, even then they had Robert stack in the later seasons. Well, I know, just... but I'm just, I, it was like what I we mean, said before could... we started reporting, recording the podcast. We said, but before this episode, the new unsolved mysteries was subpar to all the true crime shows. Yes, this episode just put it on par with all the other true crime yeah. shows. So yeah. that's why Mike liked it is because it was on par with something you would see on any other true crime shows. Yeah, which is a positive when he, when you're looking at this series as a whole. It also helps so, that this guy that we're going to be talking about is like way over the top and like yeah, you know, he's an interesting character. Just by himself. So uh, we're talking about uh, what happened to Buffalo Jim. Uh, And uh, so this one uh, talks about the sudden death of Las Vegas wrestling promoter Buffalo Jim, uh, who was also a a big celebrity, a local celebrity in in Las Vegas, apparently. He ran this uh, car repair, like auto shop. And there were celebrities that would get their their uh, cars or or other vehicles fixed over there. And, you know, he would be on TV and he would do this whole uh, wrestling stick because he was a huge fan of wrestling. And uh, he was like this promoter for this uh, wrestling company in Las Vegas. Yeah, his personality, I would say, is a combination, like his wrestling persona, whenever he would cut his little promos. He liked just complete ripoff of like Hogan and Macho Man. He's like, he's like, oh, yeah, brother, wild Buffalo Bill, whatever the fuck, you know, and it was just like, (laughs) like, wow, that's really original. But it definitely did uh, leave an impression on a lot of people, though. Uh, I mean, he apparently had a, a public act, like a local, you know, public access wrestling show or whatever that, you know, uh, actually made it past Las Vegas. Like some people actually do remember watching the wrestling show, uh, in other parts of, uh, the United States. Um, it was campy. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's what wrestling is. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes the WWF had its moments back in the day where, but then, yeah, I mean, more often than not, you're getting camp yeah. with wrestling. Yeah, yeah. WWE is definitely, you know, a, a it's always going to be WWF to me, Mike. Okay, so fuck the know, World Wildlife Foundation. So it's going to be WWF. Damn it. 
Um, but uh, yeah, it's been 14 years since uh, Jim Barrier, uh, Buffalo Bill, or Buffalo Jim, uh, passed, and his family's still searching for answers. Was Buffalo Jim murdered at a Vegas motel? Did he die of an overdose? Or was his death the result of something else? Uh, this is once again uh, a synopsis from Newsweek, so thanks goes out to them. Uh, Barrier was a popular Las Vegas wrestling promoter and a local celebrity. Uh, on the morning of April 6, 2008, his lifeless body was found in a Motel 6 on Boulder Highway, Las Vegas. He was 55 years old. According to news reports, uh, Barrier was found lying on his bed with an empty prescription bottle of Valium on the bedside table and his trousers at his ankles. Uh, as heard in an Unsolved Mysteries episode, an unidentified woman told police that she was in the room with Barrier on the evening of April 5, 2008. Uh, the woman was a hooker. Like, you know, I, I don't know why they don't want to. We don't know exactly the identity of this person, but she was a hooker. Um, she said Barrier had suffered a seizure and that she had left during the episode without calling 911. Uh, kind of similar to what happened with Chris Farley. Like, if you think about it, like Chris Farley was with, I think, uh, I think it was a hooker as well. I could be wrong. And then the cocaine uh, and he had like a heart attack. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then the person, the woman that was with him, she freaked out and you know left. If I remember correctly, didn't I don't even th- I don't even remember if she even called nine one one. She just left him there. Who Farley? Yeah, right. I'm not sure. I I I'm vaguely familiar with his death, but I I'd have to like re up on it to. So yeah, Barrier's death was ruled as accidental, citing, citing dilated cardiomyopathy, inflamed heart muscles because of his crazy uh, years of debauchery and cocaine abuse. Because this this man, he was a local celebrity in Vegas, so because because of that, I think he was able to get a lot of connections from a lot of you know rich and powerful people, and his business was popular enough. You know, he was making enough money that he had a pretty nice looking house. Oh, yeah. So I think, you know, he definitely had the money. And I think he was at his peak, like in the 80s and 90s. You know, and that's when Coke was was pretty big. So, yeah, um, I think years of cocaine abuse, you know, fl- you know, fucked up his heart. That's what happens. Uh, but Michael Murphy, the then Clark County coroner, also cited in Barrier's toxicology report the traces of cocaine or a contributing factor to his death. There you go. The, the cocaine. Uh, however, the official version has been disputed by Barrier's family and friends who believe he was murdered with his killer still free today. And they were interviewed uh, for this um, episode. I think his daughter and a few other people that were connected to him. He definitely felt for the daughter because I think she... They had her go back to the hotel, like the, la- I the last. The, place I that thought that, she that saw was kind of yeah. Even even for this, I thought that was kind of sick on their part to do that. Yeah, I thought that was. Yeah. Uh, I, I I can't believe I'm using this word so much today, but I thought that was inappropriate for them to. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've never used the word inappropriate ever on this podcast, and now I've used it like at least three times on this one single mm-hmm. podcast. I don't know why I've become such a fucking puritan all of a sudden. Um, but yeah, I thought that, uh, I, yeah, when I saw it, I was like, really, dude, did you really need to bring her back to the fucking room that the guy was found in? Like, you know, like, yeah, I could see bringing her back to the hotel cause she was showing how small the parking lot was when talking about how his Rolls Royce was missing. And then it appeared, it's like, I get that, but you, you didn't need to make her go back into the hotel room. That was, that was kind of mm-hmm. fucked up. Yeah. 
Um, and it it seems like Barrier he made some potentially powerful enemies in Vegas, and I I, I think he was also uh, prior to you know his death he was also outspoken about a lot of things like. He would actually go on, you know, radio and other places and talk about the mob and, you know, less than uh, um, glowing fashion, you know, or, 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 you know, favorable fashion. Um, And, you know, the mob, they they, they tend to not not be a fan of that kind of stuff, especially, you know, on on air. You're, you're being very uh, generous about the mob. You're, you're like they they tend to not. It makes them feel kind of icky when you do that. They're they're, <laughs> they're not. Well, I don't I don't want to I don't want to I don't want some mobster. You know whatever. No, but it, on a, that's never going to happen. They don't listen to to our podcast. But yeah, I don't know, man. You you, you might be at uh, Michael's one day and some guy. <laughs> Walks up and he's like, "Yeah, see, got a little YouTube channel there, twenty thousand subscribers. It'd be a shame if something happened to it. You need some protection, you know. I heard your little fucking podcast over there, and uh, wasn't too happy with what you had to say about our organization. Yeah, it might happen to you, Mike. Well, if it happens to me, it happens to you too. So, if I go down, then you go down. They go and say, uh." Oh, I see you have a little podcast there with uh, 8,000 subscribers. It'd be a shame if something happened to it. I'd be like, ah, no, it wouldn't be a shame. Go ahead and fucking... <laughs> it's 8,000 subscribers, buddy. I don't I don't even think anybody really knows I exist on there. So, uh, you know. What about your band, though? That'd be a different story. Um, <laughs> we also uh, are, are going nowhere, so uh, no, it's not true. <laughs> We're going places just very, very slowly. But I digress. But... <laughs> But uh, that would actually that would that would make things exciting at least at my job. So I don't I don't know you know. I don't think you want that kind of keep excitement. me on my toes. No, I don't want that excited kind of excitement. I'm 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 fucking around. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, the official version was disputed by Barry's family and friends who believe he was murdered potentially by the mob. Uh, unfortunately, no fingerprints or DNA samples were taken from the scene, making it very difficult to catch the alleged murderer. Sounds like more competence from the police. Typical. Or, you know, if you buy into the mob theory that, you know, they got bought off and they're not going to collect any DNA samples or 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 uh, fingerprints because they already got paid and they already know who did it. So uh, in those sub mysteries, several theories are put forward by barriers, loved ones as to what happened to barrier. Uh, Number one is Rick Rizzolo. It was definitely a character in his own right, but in the complete opposite way of, of Buffalo Jim. Buffalo Jim seems like a, you know, a fun, you know, guy you want to hang out with and, you know, want to go get your car fixed at his shop. Um, Rick Rizzolo Rick- was like straight out of The Sopranos. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So two days for Barrier's death, Las Vegas strip club owner Rick Rizzolo was released from prison. I'm trying to remember the name of the fucking strip club. It was some weird ass fucking something two. Yeah, right? I was like, um, what the crazy horse two? Yeah, it's like with T O O, not not like 
the you know the number or Roman numerals too, which would have made more sense because it had this out the outside of the fucking strip club looked like the Pantheon or some shit in Rome. Yeah, it had that had that cheesy old Las Vegas like Greek Grecian palace kind of design. Yeah. That, um, yeah, in in part in my lack of knowledge of uh, strip clubs, but uh, I don't know. Maybe there's a famous strip club somewhere called the Crazy Horse, um, and they maybe they they were like capitalizing on that, or I don't fucking know. I guess so, but I mean, if you're doing that with your aesthetic, then use Roman numerals. <laughs> like it's just fucking it's, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, keep stick with a the theme, damn it. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, yeah, a Las Vegas strip club owner, Rick Rizzolo, who owned the Crazy Horse 2, which was infamous for being a you know place that where gentlemen of ill repute would uh, visit. You know, the mob and, and other criminals and, you know, it, it, the police already were keeping an eye on the place. And it, it apparently was also like right next door to uh buffalo jim's shop so it was like it was like sandwiched between his wrestling yeah. sh- his wrestling uh organization on mm-hmm. one end and then his mechanic shop yeah. on the other end and then the crazy horse was in the middle and they wanted to buy him well they didn't even want to buy him out of his properties they just wanted to take over his yeah. space and expand the crazy horse mm-hmm. and not pay him anything apparently i mean how how the fuck how, I mean, is I think it was, they were saying it was valued at one million dollars, like, yeah, and, and they were they weren't offering him anything. It's like, how did they think that that was going to work? Like, hey, we want your uh, space here. We're not going to pay you anything. Uh, maybe yeah, okay. they were like, we'll give you protection. You know, we'll we'll allow you to maybe open up a shop somewhere else. Yeah, you know, I mean, we'll if, you're you in, if, if, if you're in protection for that shop, if you're in with the mob, that's the kind of bullshit that. Uh, you got to deal with, I guess. I don't know. That's see. This is why I don't. This is why I don't like fuck with any of that kind of stuff because I, the whole like favors for favors thing. I never, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm not gonna get into that, you know. So like, like, even if they, you know, found ways to make your your music career uh, right you know, and more then, successful, yeah, then you're gonna have to suck their dick in some kind of crazy way down the road and it's like nah i would rather just either do it on my own or not do it but i don't want to mm-hmm. be owing anybody anything for exactly thing yeah i feel i feel the same way um but yeah uh the, for years the two men did they did not see eye to eye fighting in court numerous times over parking spaces and the location of barriers auto repair shop disrupting risolo's expansion plans I'm just, I'm just imagining like some of the fights, you know, just about parking, you know, between the two. That is a big deal, honestly. Like, I, I know, but it just seems so petty, you know. No, I mean, it's almost, it, it, it's almost it is, hilarious. It is petty, but people get really passionate over their fucking parking spaces. Like, I, I was like in the back of this music venue, and there was this empty space to the left of in, in the back, you know, to the left of the venue. And so one of our cars got parked there and the owner saw it and she's like, um, whoever's parked here. Yeah, you got to move now. I mean, like right now, like this is uh, the this is my neighbor's uh, pr- business or whatever. And you cannot park here. And I'm like, OK, can I put my fucking amplifier down first, you bitch? So I was like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, like, fuck. And then but like, it's, that, just, 
I've heard other stories of yeah. like owners like getting like uh-huh. super anal if like you're a, yeah. a, a customer and you're like like uh, there's this other music venue funny enough in the back um, and they're like uh, yeah you can park there for right now but you got to move because the owner gets really pissed off when people uh, who aren't you know associated with his business park so it's like I, I get it you know to a certain degree with the parking space thing. I've but I mean, I, I'm just imagining, you know, because, you know, Rick Rosolo, he's like a mob guy. So it's just it's just kind of silly to, you know, see, you know, uh, you know, getting all upset and, you know, and just getting this heated over, fucking you know, parking. Oh, you're know? taking all my fucking parking spaces over here. Where <laughs> yeah, am I fucking Goomba supposed to park? My fangool. <laughs> This is just one of those things where you you I don't I don't remember seeing that scene in Casino, you know, <laughs> talking about you know parking spaces. They did get pretty petty over shit in Sopranos, but they did, yeah. yeah. But parking, maybe. <clears throat> so for years, the two men would not see the eye to eye. They fought in court over parking spaces, the location of uh, Barrier's Auto Shop. Uh, in 2002, Barrier even filed a, law- a harassment lawsuit against Rizzolo, claiming the cars at his shop had been vandalized. And yeah, they were, actually. His, the, the cars that he had in his shop were just wrecked, just torn to pieces. And there really isn't any other suspect. <laughs> Rizzolo wants him out of there. In 2006, Barrier worked with the FBI in their investigation into tax evasion at the Crazy Horse 2. Uh, the strip club uh, owned by Rizzolo. The authorities also believed the place had links to organized crime. In 2007, Rizzolo pleaded guilty to tax evasion, was sentenced to one year and one day in prison. And as heard in Unsolved Mysteries, Barrier's friends and family suspect Rizzolo may have killed Barrier in an act of revenge. Uh, Buffalo Jim received death threats. In the weeks leading up to his death, Barrier's daughters, uh, Jerick and Elise Barrier, recalled their father receiving several death threats over the phone, and via letters. Uh, Las Vegas Weekly reported that on the day before Barrier died, he received a call from an unknown person identifying himself as a hitman and threatening to kill him. When Barrier's body was discovered, a folded dollar bill was found in his wallet. Uh, I guess, uh, apparently, uh, the folded dollar bill is usually the sign of a kill committed by members of organized crime. Um, interesting. I didn't know that that was actually no, I'd never a, heard a anything sign about, I'd never heard anything about that. a kill. But I get apparently all the rest of his money was gone, but just that mm-hmm. one folded bill. So that's yeah. it was kind of that like is a sign. that is that is really uh, weird. Like if you think about it, I like, mean it, it's pretty cut and dry that like the dude was like whacked, you know, as yeah. a result of. I know a lot of people though. You know, I've seen like arguments on Reddit. Like they think, oh, there's just, it's just a typical case of he had he overdosed on cocaine, and that's it. That he didn't even really do. Like for like he did it in the eighties, so yeah. like years, like decades ago, you know. Now, but then, now, you know, relapses happen, you know, and that's why he had that. He was doing it in a hotel, you know, that kind of thing. And you know, I I can see that argument as well. But like I, with the whole folded dollar bill, it's like, why would he have a folded dollar bill like that? And that's the only thing that was in his wallet. And and, and like. Is this guy going to have particularly warm feelings towards the uh, women who work at the uh, Crazy Horse 2, be, like, given the fact that the owner is such a piece of shit? Like, is he really yeah. going to, really like, 
pa- patronize that place or whatever, or, or be a patron there. Um, like given the the history that he has with the owner, I doubt yeah, it. I doubt it. And also, I don't. I don't know that he knew that 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 woman was 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 from the crazy horse too. I don't. I don't think that was even something nah, that he was know. aware of. Um, so in a first person article for the Las Vegas Weekly, Joshua Longbordy or Longobordy, Bardy, Jesus, a, a, a journalist and a friend of Barrier said that in the days before he died, the promoter had been concerned for his safety, fearing Rizzolo had ordered his death. However, Longobardi believes Rizzolo would not be the one to carry out the killing, but rather it would be a woman or via drugs that Rizzolo would get to him, which honestly makes sense because like you can't really tie it. Directly to him at that point. Oh, no, the uh, the mob bosses never do the dirty work. They get the soldiers yeah. to do it. Mm-hmm. They just make the they they order the hit, and uh, then the uh, you know the trigger man does the uh, hitting. But uh, it, and it doesn't you know, even necessarily necessarily have to be a trigger that's pulled. It could just be, uh, well, whatever. It's a it's an expression. Um, I know, but it's just one of those things where sometimes you know there probably are instances where they don't. It's not it's not a shooting. It's not anything like that. It's like, oh, just slip some uh, higher dose of cocaine. You know? Could have had fentanyl in it. I mean, you wouldn't need yeah. much cocaine at all at, at that point to have some mm-hmm. make someone OD, you know? Yeah. So uh, Longobardi uh, wrote in his article, because I spoke to Barry on a weekly basis and because I'd always known him to be a sensible man, I deemed his worries generally valid and I told him so. Beware of ambushes, I said. He countered by stating his presentiment that his enemies in name, the Rizzolo family and their associates, would try to get to him through a stratagem. They're going to try to do it through a woman, or they're going to try to drug me. And a look at Barrier's phone records show he received calls and voicemail from a woman known only as Lisa. Additionally, he had booked a motel room for two. A woman also told authorities that she had been with Barrier and the night he died, adding that he had suffered a seizure. Also, the whole thing with the... Uh, the daughter mentions uh, an interesting bit where there's a phone that they found at the hotel. That that was not and, his phone. That was not his phone. It was not yeah. his uh, the motel. Sorry, my bad. Don't don't you make that mistake again, Mike? <laughs> Are you, you gonna ever, hit me? If you ever call a, a hotel a motel or vice versa, I will. You're, yes, you're... I'm gonna I'm gonna force <laughs> you to do cocaine. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if the world would be ready to see Mike on cocaine. <laughs> you already get a little bit of a taste of that when I when my uh, my medicine kicks in and I'm just like firing off at like a million times per second. This movie fucking sucks. This is the worst piece of shit I've ever seen. It was directed by blah blah blah. And this is a start. Like it gets really bad if I combine that in an energy drink. Then it's like, yeah. I, I tend to kind of not want to record stuff at that point where I'm just like, ah, I'm just going to watch something. I, I, I'm a little bit too wired. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, the phone thing, like that's like, that's definitely uh, a, a sign of something suspicious. Like that's not even his phone. Like whose phone is that? And yeah. then you have the missing car. Like that's another thing. That's another bit of this case that made me go, huh? See, this is a reason why I like this episode is not necessarily the presentation of it. It's, you know, you have this interesting character in Buffalo Jim, and then you have like stuff with this case that makes you pause and actually, you know, think about an, a legitimate mystery where the previous case we talked about, the only mystery is where the fuck is this woman? 
and why is she not in jail yet? That's the only mystery. Yeah. Like there's no there's no other mystery with that case. And there's a, there was a few other cases that we've already talked about on this podcast from this new unsolved mysteries. We're like there there isn't a fucking mystery. It's called unsolved mysteries, and we're like, where's the mystery? Right. Because it's clearly obvious that you know this is what happened, and so and so did it, and that's it. But that's happened before in other episodes of the show. I will I will make that clear. But it just seems like there's more cases like that with this new series than there was in like the original uh, Unsolved Mysteries. So this is closer to what I remember from like the original show where you have, yeah, it actually is a mystery. You're like, okay, you know, they said he OD'd, but there's all this other stuff that just seems very contradictory. And then you have this whole stuff of the Crazy Horse 2 and Rizzolo and the mob. And so there's, there's so much more pieces here to the puzzle. So one of them is the missing car. When Barrier's boy was this guy, uh, body, I don't know why it says boy. Newsweek, hire an editor. Uh, Dude, that's Barrier's- happened. That's happening more and more nowadays. Even in pub, like professional publications, mm-hmm. I've, I've noticed it like so much where they just just these fucking typos, and it's like, yeah. God, man, people are getting lazy. Like use fucking Grammarly. Like you have enough money as a company to probably have your writers use Grammarly on the side, and then in the fact, yeah. But yeah, when Barrier's body was discovered, the keys to his Rolls Royce were with him, but his car was nowhere to be seen in the Motel Six parking lot. The car had originally been owned by Bob Stupak, but had been seized by Barrier after the casino developer had failed to pay for repair services. After Barrier family, after the Barrier family questioned police about the location of his car. It was later found in the parking lot in an area that had been searched. Upon inspection, it became clear the vehicle had also been cleaned, but by who? I mean, that's that's unbelievably suspicious. Yeah. I've heard rumors, not necessarily rumors, I've heard theories from people on Reddit who are like, well, the woman who was there with him when he died of an overdose, she took the car and then had somebody she she knew clean it and then brought it back. And I'm like, the the way that it was clean though was like professionally clean like spotless like nothing no fingerprints no uh, anything uh unless she knows a professional uh uh you know guy or gal who cleans vehicles <laughs> but i mean i mean that's possible um but it seems rather unlikely also why i i guess it makes sense that she would bring the car back but it's another one of those things where i'm kind of thinking about why would you bring the car back like i why wouldn't you just have somebody like give her the car the police didn't didn't seem too concerned about any of that either no not at all i mean if the mob bought some of the police cops which is not really that far-fetched in las vegas (laughs) no um then they're not gonna do any you know serious investigation on this case and you know my theory is that you know the mob was involved and since that's a case this this will never be solved it'll remain a mystery um i don't know i I like whenever if if this regime is still like in uh i don't know it did kind of happen a long time ago so it did it happened a while ago. You, you, you would you would think like when the new if like a new blood got in 
into the uh, police department and all that. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe the corruption would be undone. But I mean, this happened all the way back in the like what two thousand and six or two thousand eight or something. Yeah, it happened a while ago. 2006, yeah. He worked 2007 is when Rosolo pleaded guilty to tax evasion. Um, And Josh was graduating high school. Yeah, he died in 2008. Barrier. Yeah, that was, that was like, that was a pretty long time ago, so. This is a case, though, if the original Unsolved Mysteries, you know, if Robert Stack was still around, you know, and, and they were still doing seasons, you know, in Lifetime around that time. That this probably would have been covered, yeah. And, uh, and I think I they would have shot it completely differently too. It, oh, it would definitely. Have, it would have had some good reenactments. I can I I'm foreseeing probably would have been very heavy on the reenactments. Um, oh yeah, for sure. Would have had the atmosphere. Uh, would have been filmed with like more of a cinema kind of camera. Although this is later on Salt Mystery, so it wouldn't be the same as like you know the first few seasons. But it's oh, still I'm, I'm just I'm just coming up with with my my fantasy uh, Unsolved Mysteries <laughs> segment how they would have done. And I'm not talking about yeah. uh, the practicalities of them switching to like tape or digital uh, uh-huh. and all that shit that they did in the uh, later seasons that didn't. You're make like it look if as this good. was in. 19, you know, 93. Yeah. You know, like... <laughs> right. Or really closer that, to, like, 91 or 92, actually. They, they thought that shit was so cutting edge, you know, but, like, when they switched to, like... Because they went from um, using film to... Mm-hmm. Digital. Digital, and, and it just... Ugh. It just looked. It looked really I bad. Think, I think. I think going to digital would have been less jarring if they used a similar, you know, lighting and 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 certain atmosphere and production design. But I think they lost money. They didn't have the same budget. So then that also led them to not be able to do the same kind of stuff. <clears throat> Shit. A lot of the, the a lot of the later stuff. A lot of the later se- uh, segments with the reenactments, all that. It was almost like lit, like a sitcom or something. It was. Yeah. It was lit totally different. Yeah. Yeah. Don't Fuck have the money. Me. No. No. But fog then it also might have been one of those things where they thought it was dated. Oh, we got to light it this way because this is the way things are now. Ah, uh, Friends is the number one show in America. We gotta we gotta brighten shit up. Uh, it might be controversial for some people, but I never care for that show. Never me, into it. Me neither. But, I thought um, I thought it was normie humor at its finest. <laughs> Seinfeld. It's like you. I feel like if you're a millennial and you remember the shows, you're either one of two people. You're a Friends person or a Seinfeld person. Well, I'm a I, Seinfeld person. Oh, me too. Through I mean, through. like that show was made for weirdos like us. <laughs> like it, it catered to us weirdos and. We and we we pay it back by you know still regarding it after these many years. Yeah, because that show still a hundred percent holds up. Some jokes, I wouldn't say there are some shows though that we're trying to cater directly to weirdos that don't hold up as well. Like, have you tried watching Third Rock from the Sun? Yeah, well, see, the premise for that was stupid. I mean, it, it was funny at the time. I remember liking it as a kid, but, like, uh-huh. going back, it's like, okay, this show's just silly from the jump, you know? Seinfeld was, yeah. like, based in reality. Like, these are things yeah. that happen to neurotic New Yorkers who... There were some you know, silly, over-the-top, you know... Well, in the later season, when Larry David left the show, like, yeah. Like, the the 
quality dropped a bit um you still had the actors who were very talented you know who still Mm kind of made it funny but like you know the kenny rogers chicken roast episode that one always sticks out to me as like when they really started like going off the rails as far as like reality is concerned Uh like i mean jerry spending the night in kramer's apartment and then he like starts acting like kramer um yeah that was yeah. that. Uh, that was honestly pretty cringy. Like when I went back and rewatched it recently, um, and uh, that that scene, you know, and uh, Kramer's acting like Jerry. I was like, that that was pretty cringy how they did that. Mm-hmm. And then like, yeah, Kramer sees like the the turkey, and then Newman's head appears on. Yeah, the top that's of the one I was talking about. Like, isn't there one with Kramer on the turkey too? Yeah, like, it was that's, Kramer. Yeah. yeah, Newman sees the turkey and Kramer's yeah. head because that's uh, what's immediately what was popping into my head too. Because I'm like. Yeah, that that was very surreal and just weird, and you know that that was really something that that Larry reality. Yeah, that was something Larry would not have approved of, like if he mm-hmm. was if he had been riding with Jerry on that. You, I could just imagine him. Like, this is stupid. <laughs> what? What? Kramer's head appears on the turkey. No, no, we're not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't really have a whole lot else to say about this. Uh, uh, buffalo gym case except you know what i'll give you a bit of a golf clap new unsolved mysteries like that and not a full-on applause and a full-on clap but a little bit of golf clap for that episode more of that please yeah um someone was telling me that they'd seen all of them they said like the last couple episodes of the third volume or whatever were pretty good and this guy is you know just as um critical of the new show as we are okay i just can't wait to cover uh what happened to joshua yeah, what happened to Josh? Yeah, yeah. I, I'll tell you, motherfuckers, exactly what happened to me. But you got to stick around and listen to find out. Um, All right. Well, that's the official end of talking about the uh, thing that if you only came here for mysteries, you have to wait like twenty minutes to finally get to part of the show. Um, so now I will plug some shit. Uh, if you want to donate to us on Patreon, we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash mysteries. Patreon.com slash mysteries. When we actually do the podcast, you get it earlier than everyone else. Um, you can, for $5 a month, you can like tell us what you want us to talk about as far as shows, cases, whatever. Um, we'll talk about it. Uh, one one thing though, not like an entire ass series. Um, learned my lesson the hard way on that one. Um, <laughs> also, if you, I forget what we even plug on here. I know our YouTube channels. Um, if you want to join our group <laughs> on Facebook, uh, go to obviously Facebook and uh, search "Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries." Hit the groups tab, and you'll f- see the fan group page been kind of a strip mall in there lately a dying strip mall because uh no no podcast therefore uh engagement isn't at its highest in the world um but it uh it's it's a good group they there have only been like two instances where we've had uh problems but they've been uh, resolved and usually bring forth some kind Egghead. of egg man <laughs> egg man egg man and then Sorry. some other kid some other dickhead who was mean to someone else and i had to kick him out (laughs) and then finally we have a youtube youtube channels uh mike is a movie buff he lifts vhs tapes every day and he's gotten (laughs) ripped 
and that's why he's a movie buff. His uh, YouTube channel is uh, youtube.com slash OCP Communications. Once again, that's youtube.com slash OCP Communications. Mike, what was the last fucking video you talked about? The last uh, uh, video I uploaded is a review of the film Rare Exports. It's a critically acclaimed uh, foreign Christmas horror fantasy uh, comedy from Finland. And I also reviewed a, a French horror film called Deadly Games that kind of predates Home Alone. It does predate Home Alone in terms of having a kid who's using traps to try to fend off an intruder in his house. But it's a very different tone and very different kind of movie. Uh, it's 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 a it's a really I think it's a really solid film for what it is. It's out there with a kid with a mullet who's obsessed with Rambo and he plays war games with his dog. Uh, and then this crazy psycho finds a way into his house and starts stalking him dressed as Santa Claus. So <laughs> Jesus Christ. Bonnie Tyler also did a song for the soundtrack and it's like a really somber Christmas song about like coming of age and when a boy becomes a man. But is that the uh, total eclipse of the heart lady? Yes. Yes. Which that's a, that's still a really good song. Uh, Bro, but, it's, been, it's been ruined for me. Like everyone sings. It's like a karaoke. Go oh, that's why it's the karaoke. So I, I don't hear people do bad karaoke covers of that song every every night we, so. uh, yeah yeah i, do, I can unfortunately. see it it's like it how would, popcorn has been forever ruined for me after working at a movie theater for a good amount of time yeah and you know i think that's the thing that happens because like you know most people only go out to karaoke like maybe once a month if that so when they go everything is new again to them and you know they're all flipping out for these songs that they think are so you know, like, oh man, I can't believe they're doing that song. That's a great song. It's like, yes, they people do this song all the time, literally. Mm-hmm. It, like, it mm-hmm. is so played out, and nobody like knows that because they don't, they don't do what I do, and it's just, it's fucking unfortunate. Because if only they knew, if only they knew. <laughs> well, that's cool. Uh, check out Mike's channel. Um, I am a music channel. I do music and commentary about music, and sometimes I'll talk about the angry video game nerd and make a shit ton of ad revenue. Um, <laughs> but at any other time I'm making nothing hardly. Did you um, see his latest, uh, holiday, whatever review that was barely that, but it was still kind of fun because it was about Garfield. Oh yeah. The, yeah. As AVGN. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, I feel like there was one cringy moment in there yeah. that that I was just it was, like it was kind of it was kind of fun to see uh, um, uh, Mike Matei back as as Bugs Bunny. That was a fun little oh yeah, I love you know, yeah yeah. I was yeah I was super call back stoked. to the fans. <laughs> I, I fucking loved the long uh-huh. <laughs> shit was so funny. Like yeah, uh, dude, I God, I miss Mike <laughs> Matei when he was involved with that shit, man. I feel like he. I know, I know he didn't really write, but like I just kind of felt like he helped overall. Well, you can kind of tell like one of the best uh, modern like is the Last Ninja for me, and Mike Matei was, if I remember correctly from what I've been reading, he was pretty heavily involved with that one. So and it was kind of like a lost episode, like it was available for on, on as an exclusive on something, 
until eventually uh, it was posted on YouTube. So when when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's that's like old classic AVGN. And, you know, Mike Matei even did the title card and everything for uh-huh. it. So I just got James's book, uh, a movie making nerd or whatever. Yeah, for, uh, I heard about that. The audio book or whatever. And uh, I've been listening to it. Um we're still on his childhood at this point, and um, that's another thing you could do. Like you could talk about his book. <laughs> oh, I I already have. I got I got that one, and I got another idea brewing about to cash in on old <laughs> AVGN. Um, I just as a result of me doing uh, the State of Center Massacre in 2022 video that I did. Uh-huh. Um, I um, everyone was. Con- I said in the video how I'd never seen. I've never seen Board James. Or like oh. monster madness or whatever yeah. it's called, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, you have to watch Board James!" I can't believe you haven't seen Board James. So I was like, "All right, fine, I'll fucking watch Board James." And um, so I'm definitely gonna make a video about Board James because okay. the first like, geez, like the first ten episodes are like really like bad because it's like literally just. James Rolfe reviewing these obscure board games that yeah. no one's fucking heard of. I mean, he does he did do like Mousetrap, but like most of the games he talks about no one's heard of and he's like playing literally playing board games and showing how it's done. It's like the most boring concept in the world and then like Mike and uh, will be on there and like their Oopsie. interactions like yeah. you could like you could tell their interactions like you could tell their their friends unlike the screenwave mm-hmm. slobs that clearly yeah. they are not they were not they did not grow up together. They did not meet in college or no. anything like that. And their chemistry was just so organic, even though it did come off as pretty cringy in certain times. And then Bootsy's on there. And it by the time Dream Phone comes up, uh-huh. it, it really like it starts off with Mr. Bucket when it's like the first chink in the armor. Like, what? Yeah. This is this isn't quite, you know, this isn't quite what I thought it was. And then by the time Dream Phone happens and then every episode after that it's just like holy shit this whole series was like a psychological thriller that started out as yeah. some it started yeah. out as some like like on paper very basic oh this guy's talking about board games but no it had this like invisible arc to it where yeah. it's like James turns out to be this murderer and mm-hmm. like then he just gets crazier and crazier and it's like whoa like now I get why everyone was saying you know how good it was I mean cuz I I I enjoyed the the stuff leading up to it like more than you like I I had I had fun with it it was different you know they were usually rather short so that definitely did help yeah that helped it and it was at a time on YouTube where that kind of content if you shot it well you're the only one that has that kind of content cuz no one else yeah. No one else was talking about that probably, and they I know for a fact they weren't yeah. shooting it as good as James shot. And there was one board game in particular I never played, but I had the set. It was like it was the mountain one with like you know, like I forgot exactly what the hell the name of it was. There was like a fireball, fireball mountain or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh I had just the mountain. And I remember playing with that when I was uh a kid. So like that was that was nostalgic for me because I was like, oh my god, is that fucking thing? <laughs> I never knew what that was from. Like that was like one of those like aha moments. Like oh my god, like it's actually from a board game. I had no idea. I just I, had this thing. I can honestly and I would say use like micro machines and stuff on it. 
like the first I think like the first five or six episodes or maybe even like seven or eight episodes, I don't think James intended for the show to go in the direction no. that it did. No. I don't think he did at all. But by the time they got to the shark game where mm-hmm. uh Bootsy ends up like fucking the shark at the end of the episode. Yeah. And I remember that game too. I had that game, the shark. I don't game. Rem- I don't remember. Right See, I'd never heard of that one. But I think by that episode, I think that's when James started thinking, "Oh, what if I put an arc into this?" Cuz he has his his blow up yeah. at the end. He's like, "I just want to play a fucking board game." And he like yeah. he, like goes over the top with his like ranting and, and raving. He was starting he was starting to do more of like his short films around that time on his channel. Anyway. I had I so had I someone that... uh, someone in the comments were uh actually made a good point they're like they're like dude if he had made a bored James movie instead of a, a nerd movie it would have been a hundred times better uh-huh. because because yeah. like that's yeah. he's like a lot of people were kind of expecting it to be more like that you know not not literally a movie based on the angry, angry video game nerd but like you know and and I think it was like the right decision when he decided like because obviously he stopped doing the board james thing you know after it ran its course like what what are you going to do <laughs> like you, it's it ran its course like the the last episode pretty much just ends it like there's nowhere there's nowhere to go from there yeah and it's like that's and that's why it's so revered and just think how much more the angry video game nerd would be revered if he had quit that you know and st- but that's that's his bread and butter like board yeah, james i don't think a- that would ever happen i mean it's similar to what happened with doug walker when he retired the critic and then did demo reel but demo reel was shitty yeah like, at least james he showed like he had talent with board with the board james like series as it went on and up until the end uh you know more talent that doug walker has ever shown as a writer like not even remotely close. I think Doug Walker is like naturally like funny and entertaining. Like he he's got a personality that yes, definitely is fit to be on camera. But um, yeah, I don't know. He's I, not I, as good I, of a writer as he thinks he is. It's just it's just just, just that's just a fact. If you if you ever tried to sit through his films, oh yeah, like no, like compare I, them. He's to he's what way, James he, has done. He's way better at at critiquing stuff that other people have made than, and to a to a certain degree, I could say the same about James because you know the movie bombed. It wasn't good. Yeah. Um, and that's gotta that's gotta really like, like like, sting these people in their asses to a certain mm-hmm. degree. Like the thing. I think that- he should have made his an original film. Not not a boards James thing. Not even a video game nerd thing. Just an original film. Well, shit, board, board James that would have been original. That was an original idea. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, I guess I'm just saying, about... like, just just an original film that is like you know in the style uh, or the vein of something like board. Apparently, games. he has made a, a thousands of original films, yeah. but they all you know were a, like you know more amateur quality. Um, yeah. But, so he but, has more of a budget, and then he just you know. And then it's not tied into the nerd, so then he and then he doesn't have to have these other characters that have never showed up in anything. That's another thing. I think you made a mistake having these other characters in that movie, but that's a whole other story. Yeah, we could do a whole fucking podcast. About the <laughs> you nerd. could do a video on the movie. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I'm trying to like. I'm trying to not like I show my, show I my know. hand as being like <laughs> the most pan like you know like clearly you know Josh needs to pay rent this month. Oh look, another nerd video has popped up. They always do good. People are fucking it's like me and rants on on 
fairly new or popular content. If I do a review of it that's positive, doesn't get nearly as much views. I do a rant on Halloween ends and like most views I've had in like a month or two. You know, that kind of thing. It's it's just and I don't want to be known as a rant guy either. You know, I you know, that's not really what what I want to be known as. But you do more than just angry video game nerd stuff. Like you did the whole the video on the worst songs, which I thought was entertaining. Well, uh, let, let me fun. tell the folks. My channel is YouTube.com, and they haven't... If you've stuck around by now, I mean, you're a fucking saint. You must really like us, because <laughs> I, I can tell you, I, I, like, 90% of our audience probably dipped out, like, 20, 30 know. minutes ago. But so, some people, for some people, like, this is a nice little, uh, you know, post-Christmas gift, you know, yeah, for them. Sure. <laughs> My channel is called uh, YouTube.com slash Dancing with Ghosts, which is also named my band. We're on Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so I do videos about mostly music because that's what I care the most about and that's what I know the most about. My last video was uh, my top 10 worst singles of 2022. The title is a little deceptive because I don't think some of these songs are bad. I just think that they I wouldn't recommend them. But the mm-hmm. the title, my least recommended singles of 2022, didn't have the same ring as the worst. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. Vid- <laughs> Either way, the video's not performing well, so I guess it doesn't mm. matter. But uh, you know, it would have been um, it would have been cool if. Uh, if the video had done well, because like I, I saw a I lot think you of, did a good job with it, but you know, yeah, I mean, I did too. I put a lot of fucking work into it with the editing. I had to re-upload it like four times because every time I uploaded it, I got copyright smack. Yeah. I, I swear to God, I'm staying away from from uh, music shit. Like as far as like playing the songs and stuff, yeah. like I'm just gonna stay away from it. It's t- it's too much a hassle. I think. People like Todd in the Shadows, they get away with it more because I think he's probably got some deal on the side or whatever. No, he doesn't get away with it. He he just literally plays like he plays. He never plays more than like a four or five second clip. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Like I've I've watched like and and he's had to. He's talked about how he's just constantly fighting mm-hmm. the the copyright system or whatever because yeah. it's like I'm not gonna put this much fucking time into a video and make no money off yeah. of it. That's just yeah. not if I'm entertaining people and I put work into it, I should be getting compensated for it. He did another he did another great job on his worst uh list. I haven't I seen his yet. It. Yeah, it's a it's 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 a good one. It's 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 um uh, I've always liked his best and worst at the end of the year. Like it I don't really keep up with a lot of modern pop or anything. But yeah, I hear I a lot of it at my work. Like, dear God, like some of these songs. I'm like, oh yeah, that one. That's what that song is. The Harry Styles sushi restaurant song that I hear over and over and over and over and over again on the radio at my job. Good to know. That's, I don't like it either. It's really, <laughs> it's really fucking hard to. Uh, it's hard to keep up with uh, with this shit. You know, even as a DJ, like, mm-hmm. be, and, and and because like. So much of it is so bad, you know, and and you have to just fucking plow through it and be do like, well, act, do they like, well, they probably don't do rap karaoke because that would be really cringe unless somebody has actually tried to do that, which I, I feel bad for you if that's the what case. do they do rap songs for karaoke? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. Every week, like every gig, there's someone who does at least one rap song. Yeah. 
And I mean, some of them. Good? Yeah, some do of they them ever are, do a good job. Some of them do really good. Yeah. Um, this one guy lately um, who's been coming out. He does um, "All Me" by Drake and "Goosebumps" by Travis Scott. And the Travis mm-hmm. Scott one actually like takes a good bit of skill to pull off, and he like nails it. I mean, I've heard cool. some really good um, rap. Bothers me a little bit less than singing because with rap they're kind of like monotone with singing it's like they're just their voice is going all over the place and it kind of fries my brain Uh um i think the only thing what are some of the more modern like uh popular songs on you know you play a dj or or you have a karaoke that you just can't stand right now Oh, let's, let me pull up my uh, fucking Spotify here and go to my uh, pop, <laughs> my pop crap playlist. That's why I literally named it pop crap. Um, let me see. I try not to play songs that I hate, so anything on here is like shit that I can at least tolerate. Um, and I've already gotten sick of these songs. Like uh, "Super Freaky Girl" by Nicki Minaj is kind mm-hmm. of big right now. Um, anything off of Beyonce's new album um, "Renaissance" because it's like. Mm-hmm. She finally like went back to like making fun danceable music, so it's like it's really easy to play that shit and get people to you know dance or whatever. Fucking Lizzo, about damn time. I hate that song, but I play it because people like it. Um, Unholy by Sam Smith, like that. Yeah, that's I don't. I, I I'm not really into that. It's barely even a song. Like what? I know. There's. It's like the the, the musicianship is so sparse. It's just like. It's got these it long pauses. It was deliberately and... made for TikTok. Like it, that's really what it was. It was. A, it was. It's a TikTok song, like manufactured for TikTok because it's incredibly short. Like it's not even. I don't think it's, it's like not even two minutes. Like it's not. It's not even like a normal like it's, length. It's, that it's you would two minutes see for, and thirty seven seconds. It's pretty yeah, short. Very short. Not the normal length for. Oh, well, that's know, that's what. Um, all the rappers started that trend, like like all like all the trap rap that came out yeah. and got popular around like 2018. Those songs were coming in at like a minute fifty. But I, I saw Todd's uh, review of Unholy though, and it it does seem <laughs> like it was deliberately like 100 percent TikTok thing. But you I don't know, I don't know what it means when you make a song for TikTok. Like what elements are you? taking out or, le- or putting specifically, in specifically you know having like uh you know it's really more about like a certain like hook or whatever and it's very short and very sparse in a lot of places and yeah where it can easily be like clipped out and you yeah I don't know, that's just so mm-hmm. weird yeah that's so weird that that that's that's the new industry standard that's how you get big now like it's so fucking weird mm-hmm I mean, so pretty much now it has no, there's no, like, basis on merit. It's based on, like, winning the lottery, essentially. It's marketing. It's well, always been a marketing It's not even marketing, because it, yeah. there's no way you can market. It just, it, it either blows up somehow or it doesn't. Oh, yeah, you're right. It's like just taking a chance, see which uh, see what goes viral. Dude, like, the, the fucking amount of um, people who, quote-unquote, blew up on TikTok who just... Literally, it's like you buy a lottery mm-hmm. ticket, yep. your numbers are called, you have a very small chance of your numbers being called, but if they're called, then you win, you know, $20 million. Wait, did you hear about this song, the Victoria's Secret song? Have you heard that? Some, that uses someone like Barney. Sa- someone <laughs> say, wait, what were you saying? Finish your statement. It uses, uh, 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 you know, Barney's I love you, you love me in the beginning. 
Oh, and then really? what it is is it's uh it's it's a sa- it's basically the someone sang the song at karaoke, so I know the song, but yeah, she's taking a stab at like you know Victoria the Secret. patriarchy. Yeah, the patriarchy and it's and so made on. by Victoria's Secret. Is it's made by men? Yeah, made by a guy. Yeah. Or a dude. okay, okay. Yeah, and made and by your dude. point. I mean, do you like wearing it? Is it comfortable <laughs> to you? Does it look good on you? Why does it matter? It's more, it's more about like unrealistic body standards, which I get, I understand, and it's it's just it's just such a cheeky coming coming from like song. the same uh the same teenagers on tiktok who are perpetuating those unrealistic body standards by showing off their um their their bodies in these like scantily clad clothes and doing these provocative dances making you know everyone feel bad because they don't look like that and uh-huh. it's like it's like you know it's just kind of uh all that all that like i'm standing the up industry, for something they're starting to like deliberately plant people though oh, and that, they yeah, kind of did been, that in the past but like it happening. seems like it's kind of uh, increasing and that's what happened with you know that song uh a b c d e f u which yeah is probably that was on that was like number 10 on my list of 10 uh-huh. hated yeah. the worst songs of the year yeah that that, that fucking f- out- outraged angry sassy girl song energy i'm, I'm tired uh-huh. of those kind of songs like it's already played out to me <laughs> it's like i feel like taylor swift started it and then like Fucking uh, Billie Eilish kind of did it a little bit. Then Duo Lipa or, or, or Demi Lovato took the ball and ran with it. And now Gail's like trying to jump on board <laughs> on that, uh, you know, fuck you, we're done. And I don't even care, you know, like, it's just like, uh, shut up. I that's how, that's how you know I'm getting Yeah, getting I saw that old. you mentioned that Avril Lavigne came back. I didn't even know she came back. Yeah, a lot of people so. didn't. But yet, there's uh, so many emo kids out there who, oh my god, I love Avril Lavigne. I bet you probably didn't even buy like, or like listen to her new album, you know? <laughs> but it's cringy, though, because she's like 38 years old and she's still naming her songs like, I hate boys. And she spells uh-huh. boys B-O-I-S. Yeah. And, like... Like love sucks, like sux, and it's just like uh-huh. Jesus, dude. You are not. I understand now why, if you're doing material that is like geared towards teens, how you mm-hmm. yourself should also be in that age range, mm-hmm. because when you're older, it just comes off as so fucking inauthentic. Because like me being an adult having to pay bills, having to get my oil changed, having to go to the ATM and shit. I just don't think about shit in terms of yeah. girls suck, love sucks, and you know, writing it all stupid mm. and all that. It's just like, I'm, I'm a fucking adult now. Like, I just don't It's like pop- that documentary uh, about, you know, the punk rockers, you know, when they're older and have families and they've mellowed out. I mean, if My Chemical Romance releases an album... Uh, they better have a song about lower back pain because they that is the only thing that they are experiencing right now that would be authentic. They are not sad and emo anymore. Gerard is married with a kid. Like, it's not yeah. credible anymore. Yeah. And that's what pisses yeah. me off and a lot of music purists off is when something comes across as inauthentic. You have a metal band that's known for being counterculture and, you know, against the system and whatever. And they've been a part of the system and part of doing all of this for so long. And then they come out with a new album and they're just trying to do the same thing. Well, you know, that I mean, that's why Machine too. Gun Kelly got like booed off the state. The, the, the proverbial stage is because it's like, dude, you're not 
you're not rock, you're not emo. Like you've been a rapper. Your his latest out, his latest single, like it didn't do that well. So no, nah, I mean he's uh, he was saying that he was done with the pop punk. He made his statement and he's going back to rap apparently, and we'll see what happens. But like you know, there was a lot of people out there <laughs> who's like, oh no, man. We gotta we gotta hold the torch for MGK because he's keeping rock relevant and this that and the other and it's like I I don't think he is I think he's he's doing a bastardization of 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 rock uh, I would say Greta Van Fleet is doing a more of a job of keeping it alive because it's actually like authentically rock and even though they sound like a Zeppelin ripoff at least their influences are yeah legit you know like yeah. Zeppelin was a legit rock band and. You know, the Greta Van Fleet's talented, even though they're not a band that I particularly like. It does to. seem like there's a lot of musicians that are, you know, especially like ones that were once popular, once big. They're just trying to to tap into a certain uh, demographic for a certain amount of time. Or if they've just they're like new, they're just trying to tap into that. And that that makes sense. I mean, quite frankly, um, but, our band is we're we're going more in the pop yeah. punk direction because yeah. we've seen that that's the only mm-hmm. rock that's breaking through, and yeah. it's like I don't hate that genre. I can write for it, and yeah. so to yeah. me, it's not inauthentic because it's like yeah. I did I listen to that music a lot more when I was a teenager? Fuck yes, I did. Do I listen to it now, like in my spare time? No, not really. Like I I don't, yeah. but I still have an appreciation for it, and it's. That's more authentic than what, you know, artists like Kid Rock are doing, oh, you know, dude. with their career. <laughs> when I thought that, don't tell me how to live, when I heard that yeah. song, like, when I thought that was bad, oh, my God. Uh, when I heard We the People, that was like, yeah. it's, it's like, when I just when I thought he couldn't get any fucking worse. Like, he is yeah. so fucking red-pilled, it's insane. Yeah. I wonder well, if he was with uh, the group of uh, extremist uh, right wingers when they blew up the power plant. <laughs> yeah, see, well, this is a, this is difference. Kid Rock is 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 posing this yeah. way, but he's going back to his fucking mansion at the end of the day, and he he ain't, he ain't <laughs> fucking with any of that shit, you know. Yeah, you're right. He'll, but he'll take their money though, and they're and <laughs> they'll his, the people that listen will be stupid enough to give it to him because they'll. I, that's, that's the thing, man, about these like these these people, these public figures who see that they can m- like milk the MAGA people for their dollars. Yeah, the guy who did that uh, country song, who was a member of a metal band. Oh, Aaron Lewis from yeah. Stained. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, am, am I am I the only one? Yeah, that's, yeah. I did a whole video about that one. Aaron yeah. Lewis owns the libs. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like like when these artists see that like that MAGA shit is hot and they can like capitalize on it. They just kind of tweak, you know, their, their image a little bit. Cause Aaron Lewis was already doing country before Trump even got elected, but it didn't really do anything. It wasn't really going anywhere. Um, but then, you know, he sees all this shit going on and he sees how, how charged up people are. And it's like, Hey, my audience is already kind of a bunch of dumb rednecks. Might as well make music that they're going to get fired up about. And that's what Kid Rock did. Do they really feel that passionately about it? Probably not. But, you know, they know what they they know. They've been in the game long enough to know how to write what people want to hear. But at the same time, it's kind of one of those things like, well, with Aaron Lewis, it kind of made sense. But also at the same time, like uh, you would think he made a lot of money with Stained. 
So you would think that, you know, oh, he would still knows be what, in a good position. Who the fuck knows what their record deal looked like? I mean, Fred yeah. Durst si- signed them under his subsidiary at the time. Mm-hmm. So he was um those guys were pretty much Fred Durst's bitch. I'm sure Fred Durst got like a nice, you know, nice healthy cut of uh their mm-hmm. earnings and they Dude, just because a band sells like millions of records, that does not mean that they're rich. I mean, Kid like, Rock, though, like, come on. Oh, Kid, yeah, no, Kid Rock is, <laughs> is probably in a lot better position than. Uh, I mean, Kid Rock could just retire and not oh, even. And make he this should fucking have. He fucking anymore. should have, but he fucking didn't for some reason. It's a shame. And I bet, uh, I bet Eminem feels pretty like stupid now because um, he had that song. Um, it was kind of cool to see him collaborate with Snoop Dogg. I got, I got to admit. Eminem but, had that um, had that music video for that uh, for Berserk uh, that mm-hmm. he put out however many years ago, and um, he actually had Kid Rock like feature in in that video, and it's like oof, standing standing by Kid Rock. I mean, it's not as bad as like standing behind Kanye right now, but like <laughs> yeah. it, it's it's uh you know what the it's fuck there. is going on with Kanye? Jesus Christ, dude! You know. That whole like, oh, I have bipolar and shit. It's like, yeah, but it doesn't. It, ha, being bipolar doesn't make you anti-Semitic. No. You know? he's, <laughs> like he's got issues. He's got yeah. Issues. No, he's like fucking mentally unstable. Like he he needs to go to some kind of deprogramming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but anyway, uh, guys, consider this a bonus uh, chit chat <laughs> portion of the uh, podcast. Well, we haven't done a podcast in like what a month. Or more than yeah, that, it, it so. just it just gets like kind of hard when these sound files get this big when it gets yeah, past two hours. All right, guys. Until next time, have a good rest of your night. Auf Wiedersehen. See ya. Don't tell me how But when you don't have power, then you can't really use any of that. And I was only without power for a little bit, but. And we, and why did, it was why fun. did your power go out? Did it, was it due to the weather? Or? I'm going I'm to explain that because it's fucking insane. And I, when I read it, I, I couldn't believe what I was reading. But yeah, the power was out for like, uh, you know, a few hours. And so I just spent the time playing games with my parents. So that was fun. Spending time with family uh, and so on. It's kind of lame, though, that the only time we do that is when we're forced to, you know, it's like. We don't have any other option. We could just sit and watch Netflix, like you know, or do our own thing, like you know, in order to pass the time. Uh, you know, we kind of just need to play a game together. Like we don't do that normally. A lot of families don't do that normally. Um, but that's a whole other story. But yeah, we played. You played uh, some games. It was fun. It's not like being without power. And heat for like two weeks like a friend of mine uh, dealt with in texas last year so i can't even imagine dealing with that for that amount of time must have been hell god two weeks yeah fuck i'd like go st- and in texas it was cold freezing i'd go stay with it someone fr- at that point yeah, it was freezing too uh like we had freezing rain and it froze over and it was like a ice rink outside Dude, in Jacksonville but, this year, uh, for fucking Christmas, it got down to, like, 20, like, 25 degrees. That's pretty damn cold. That is unheard for of Jacksonville. for Jacksonville. Yeah. Like, we haven't had temperatures this low in, a, like, forever. 
It's mm-hmm. normally kind of warm. On I remember like there was one Christmas Eve I was driving to my grandma's house. This was years ago because she's long been dead, and it was like warm. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, why is it warm on <laughs> yeah. Christmas Eve? But that's normal. And then January is when it starts getting really cold, and then uh-huh. it doesn't fuck off until like late March, early April, or whatever. Yeah. But um, yeah, that, that was pretty unbelievable. But it, you know. There wasn't any kind of uh, condensation or anything going on, so of course we couldn't have snow. But it, it was damn sure cold enough for it. Yeah, I bet. Uh, and that's just another example of climate change. I mean, we've had a lot of extreme weather the entire year over here. But wouldn't in, it be in, like in a warmer Washington. like Christmas if 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 the you know the ice caps? So I mean, the ice caps. No, are it melting, just depends. But. Yeah, well, I don't know. It just depends. Like we had we had a warmer like year. Than normal like yeah. we set records for for heat in in the summer um but yeah was that without power because apparently a bunch of right-wing uh extremists attacked uh, the power stations oh my god over here in in washington yeah i've heard i've heard about them doing that extremists yeah yeah there was uh there was some um tra- uh tran or uh not transgender uh like a like a the fuck? Oh yeah, it was that that ruling or whatever? Like they're fighting against the trans right, you know, transgender. You the know, drag queen. Stuff. There was a, there was a drag, the drag queen. Qu- there was a yeah. dra- drag queen that was gonna read a story to a class of first graders, and some right wing extremist group took out one, the power station over there in like yeah. some city. So that happened yeah. to you then, huh? Yeah. Was there yeah. some drag queen that was gonna read to? Some- I don't. I don't. I don't know about that, but I do know that you know there is a rising number of of you know right wing like extremist people in here in Washington. I mean, I've seen uh, them driving around, you know, uh, in, in their pickup trucks and so on. Like we had a whole. Uh, um, I'm trying to think of the right word for it. It was like a, you know, like a when they sell fireworks and they have like a vendor you know that whole like gondola or whatever yeah yeah yeah. so they had like a gondola but it was just strictly just there to be like trump won and don't tread on me flags and all this other stuff all the way up in uh fucking yeah (laughs) washington they got that jesus christ yeah i thought that kind of stupidity was only down here nope with with that being said you know I'm i'm very um like in in the middle like independent you know thinker um i i usually tend to go lean left but i'm pretty much like you know independent um is there any particular reason we need a uh, drag queen reading stories to to first graders no Uh, not not necessarily like what 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 uh agenda is that advancing like what what does that you know like I mean, I guess if I was a first grader, I would look at it like, oh wow, that this person's like looks like is dressed up funny, you know, like yeah, like Halloween or something like that. Like, uh-huh. but there is some kind of like subversive um, thing behind it. It seems. I like. mean, I, I think it's more that way for you know, in terms of the way that adults interpret it in some ways, because like you know, they seem to like have this assumption that it's like they are going to be reading a story and then they're going to push some agenda while they're reading the story. And from what I've been reading, it just seems like they're just going to read a children's story. To me, it just doesn't seem like appropriate. So, and that's just me. I, you know, this is, that's just me coming from just my strip. I have no, you know, whatever. But I just, <laughs> it just seems like a little like inappropriate to me. Like, like you know, drag shows usually take places, take place in bars and like you know, yeah, clubs and all like shit like that. It's like, 
Why are we bringing an element of that into a, a kid? Like, and, and, and at that age too. I mean, it's just like mm-hmm. it's, it's bizarre to me. And I, 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 and I, I, I definitely do agree with you in in that capacity. It's just one of those things where it's like, I don't think it's as damaging as people think it is. Probably, it's probably but not. It, but at the same time, I, I don't think it's as appropriate as the left thinks it is. So that well, so I that's mean, my in between you know. take. I don't think it's as, as, <laughs> I don't think it's as damaging as the right thinks it is, but I don't think it's as appropriate as the left yeah. thinks it is. There you go. Yeah. Oh God, I, I we're a political don't think podcast it's worth, uh, now. Destroying a, a, a power station over though. No, that's, yeah, that's that is destru- <laughs> That is that is physically destructive. <laughs> that is literally destructive. Um. So yeah, that that'll teach them uh, right wing, uh, right wingers that that yeah. Uh, not only fucking over. Oh wow, now <laughs> just gonna edit that out. There's a lot of fucking editing in this. This is how yeah. I know we're rusty because like I'm yeah. just all over the fucking place. You're talking, going in depth about your oh, every bodily health problem you've had in the last ten years. I'm over here talking about drag queens, and now I'm burping into the mic, <laughs> just being a fucking. It's almost like we've never done this fucking podcast over here before. Um, yeah, so anyway, sorry about all that chit-chat, blah, blah, blah. We haven't uh, talked in, like, a long time, so uh, we tend to do that. We do that anyway, even if we've talked recently. But when we haven't talked for a while, oh, buddy, you better watch yeah. out because uh, 